Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Mike Solari. Mike, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Mike is a CFP. He is the principal of Solari Financial Planning, an organization of fee-only certified financial planners that always puts your interests ahead of their own. I'm excited to have you on. Mike, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, I'm, uh, I live in New Hampshire, so I'm, uh, uh, kind of today kind of relishing in the Super Bowl win, um, for sure. from yesterday. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm married. I have two crazy young boys. I got a four year old and a two year old. So, nice. um, keeping me, uh, certainly busy and keeping me on my toes. Um, as a family, we, you know, we love to travel and, you know, experience new cities. So for us, uh, going and seeing different sites and stuff is is really cool. So um, you know we're you know very fortunate and very busy with the with that. Um, professionally, uh, started financial planning over ten years ago, and started my practice about five years ago. So I've um, uh, been practicing for a little over a decade, and um, I got uh, five years of of, uh, of building this firm. Uh, and I when I had started it. Uh, started it from scratch. So um, I guess the theme that I'll be kind of chatting about is doing uh, work as a fee-only planner and uh, being a fiduciary for clients. Um, so when I started out, there wasn't a ton of uh, advisors. My heart was kind of in that in that space. And so uh, I left the firm I was with and started uh, doing fee-only planning for clients, um, you know, and I, just starting from that ground up. So tell me a little bit more about about why you think that that, that your heart is in that kind of work. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, You know, when I was coming out of college, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, sales opportunities. Um, I was always good at personal finance, um, but it just it never appealed to me because uh, it's the industry is more in the sales uh, approach when it comes to financial planning than it is about, you know, solving the client issues. So. Um, for me, uh, you know, it's, it's really focused, uh, it's, it's client centric. It's really focused on the client. So being fee only means, uh, I'm being completely objective and transparent with my clients. So the fee that I only receive the income is, is really straight to the client. So I don't receive a commission. I don't sell products. Um, you know, there isn't a, a vacation waiting for me if I, you know, push it a certain product or annuity <laughs> or anything, right? Uh, it's really just what my clients pay me. And that could be in the form of an hourly rate. It could be uh, a monthly retainer. Uh, it could be an asset-based fee. Um, but in the way that I look at it, it's really the foundation of when you work with clients, uh, that that's where the objectivity and honest uh, planning comes from. Um, and that's, that's why it's really, you know, because it's, it's really about the client in what they get. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. I, uh, I, I started in a, a sales driven organization as well. It was my first job in financial services and it took me, sure. took me a while to get over the, the, the idea of, 
or rather it took me a while to get to the idea that I wanted to be doing things for people as opposed to doing things to them, which is selling them a sure. product. So I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate absolutely. everything you're talking about. Yeah. Do, you, do you find that, that people understand the, the, uh, the difference between the models? I think that people are getting uh, more aware of it. So I don't think everyone fully understands, you know, the concept of this because, you know, it's been years and years um, that they've might've had a broker or some type of, you know, advisor in some role, but the people that I am seeing more and more of are doing more of their homework. So they're understanding that, you know, what they're paying for might not be, uh, the value that they're getting. And I think, you know, the more that people write about this approach, um, to planning, uh, I think the more that they're becoming aware that they might want that. Got it. So you, you referenced this as as this approach as as the core of of, of your of, of the planning process. Talk talk a little bit about some of the really really important aspects of of doing a good job with client and some of the difficult parts. Is it getting people to open up? Is it getting them to follow through? That that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the 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 really great point of working with clients and doing kind of, you know, comprehensive planning is that we're looking at kind of all areas of, of them and their finances. So in a normal advisor relationship, it's just, um, you know, maybe in managing investments, but I do work with a lot of 30 and 40 year olds where, um, they have a lot of other questions to ask, you know, whether it's saving for retirement, you know, are they saving enough? Um, maybe how that should be allocated. Are they saving enough for kids' colleges? So there's a lot of different things that you can really touch upon working in kind of that capacity. And it does, you know, dive in into more, um, you know, there's, there's more, uh, you know, getting to know more about your clients and what they really truly want to get out of that relationship. So it's been, it's been very great in that aspect that you're able to kind of solve a lot of different strategies by doing uh, multiple things for them. But it has been, it is sort of difficult to get to that core approach uh, and getting to know, you know, if they're able to, you know, do that. Can they do it on their own? Um, Follow-up has been, you know, typically tough because it's, you know, people are, you know, busy. So it's, it's, it's tough to kind of stay on top of them and, and get to those, those inner questions. But it's been very satisfying when you do accomplish those things. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. So these are very general kind of questions, obviously, but is there is there an area that you found that's more difficult for, for people to do, but if they were able to do it, would make a huge difference? Um, I, I think that uh, just the human nature, that planning gets pushed aside. So... Um, you know, we're expected to know all these different things, right? You get your benefits package from your, your employer and you're supposed to select all these things, um, you know, and it's just, it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. So they just pick something and, and, and kind of move away at it. Um, and I think like what people kind of need is to be pushed a little bit. So pushed to do more, um, you know, and it's not necessarily a set it and forget it thing. And something that you should be reapproaching and taking a look at. You know, you put, you know, maybe 5% into your 401k this year, 
maybe it's next year you you kind of increase it to that you know and keep keep pushing yourself to do a little bit more going forward and i think that's kind of really the key aspect when it comes to the planning yeah yeah i certainly agree it's a i don't want to call it procrastination but we probably do procrastinate and then we don't want to really deal with it so we do maybe just just enough to check the box and not have to dig too deep into it um and I'm all about, at least I, I, I want to help people get to um, really self-discipline or just, yeah, I guess self-discipline. But, but before you get there, it really just does require discipline. And that's one of the reasons that auto-enrollment probably is successful and even an auto-escalation yeah. and retirement plan. So it's just a matter of helping people get those, get those systems set up. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and maybe the term is good habits. Do you find that, that you work with successful people and there's through lines for these people have these kinds of habits where unsuccessful people maybe don't. Yeah, I think, well, I I think that, you know, very successful people are very focused. Um, but so if you work with the physician, you know, they're, they're very focused on their career. Um, you know, they've worked hard, they've kind of, um, you know, studied hard, um, worked all kinds of hours, but their focus has been in that, that industry, like that, that section. And so, although they might've been successful there, they might be a little disorganized in other aspects because they just don't have the mental you know, capacity. And, and, you know, we we're kind of limited to what we can have, right. Especially if you have a family, you're married, you know, you got other interests and things. And for a lot of people too, it's finances aren't necessarily fun to, to dig into. So um, even though you might be, super successful in one area, you might be lacking another. And that's why it's important to kind of have either another spouse that might be on top of this and kind of pushing it forward or having some, you know, a third party kind of moving things along um, so that you are kind of hitting those, those other aspects that you need to do, you know, when it comes to retirement planning and, and whatnot. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. And we do all have very limited bandwidth. And there's always mm-hmm. something yeah. else that, that's that, that that's competing for our time and our attention. So if yep. you're able to, to outsource and find a trusted advisor, which goes to your point about, you know, making sure that you're working with somebody who is working in your best interest, then that's probably a great benefit. Yep. So <clears throat> are there other things that um, I guess it's just a matter of, we, we maybe don't have enough time, but, but are there certain conversations that people really, really, really dread or, or, or avoid having from your experience? Um, I think, you know, most people, they're not necessarily, they're, they're, they're scared, I think, initially because they don't know where they're at, you know, and I do get the question of, well, how are your other clients doing compared to me, right? Right, so, right. You know, how many, it just, it's hard, right? Cause, but everybody is different in their and, and their needs are different and how much money they need to save is different and things like that. So I think initially, um, you know, those first few conversations that we're having are, are difficult because they're just afraid that they're way behind. Right. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that you're, if you're way behind now, it doesn't mean that you'll get ahead, you know, later. And so, um, I think most people that come and see me are at the point where they're ready to, to move forward and kind of, let's just kind of do that. But I do think that there's a, uh, they're a little intimidated just to see where they are and comparative where they should be. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can appreciate that. I think that 
if there's any shame and for for so many um, of us there that there is shame surrounding money and whenever we feel that we don't necessarily want to expose ourselves to, to to ridicule or to be to be embarrassed sure. so we don't talk about it and that has, has a tendency mm-hmm. to perpetuate things then sure yeah yeah just to kind of keep that going so and just having that original or just that initial conversation can be very cathartic and it gets you thinking and there's probably a therapeutic benefit to it to a degree yeah. I mean, the way we look at kind of where they're at, there's always a plan in place to get you in a better spot. So even if you are doing really well, you know, there's always improvements that you can certainly do. But I think it's just relieving, too, that maybe you are behind. But, hey, you know, if we start saving into these buckets here and we're doing a different strategy there, we're paying off debt or whatever it might be, you're going to be in a lot better place a year from now two years, five years, whatever it might be. And I think that's really what people kind of get out of it is, you know, okay, you know, we're not doing great now, but there's always a change that you can make. And what you can do now is going to have huge impacts on your life down the road. Yeah. I think that that's so, so key, right? Just knowing that, that you're doing your best to meet people where they are, whether they're really happy with it or whether they're unhappy or they've done a great job or not a great job. It's, it's time to get started, you know, and, yeah. and, and yeah. there is probably a path that can be found. Um, what's, a, what's, what's really top of mind for you recently in terms of, of your work or in terms of the world of investing? Is there something that you've been ruminating on? Um, so the world of it, so I, I do get like a lot of, Hey, we're, we've had this huge bull market. What should we be doing? And, um, again, I, you know, I know that most advisor relationships are, are investment focused. Um, but I think it's really about the, the planning side of it. And what I mean by that is, so if you're younger, uh, you have number of years to go, you're, you're, we may be coming up into a recession there, you know, something like that may, may be occurring. Um, but you know, this could be a small blip and, you know, a 30 or 40 years, um, you know, down the road. So moving investments out and in and things like that is not really ideal. So for my younger clients it's kind of like, Hey, it's gonna, we're going to hit maybe potentially, uh, we're going to be hit with a wave, um, but we're going to get back up and we're going to continue to put money in and save and get there. And you're going to be fine. Now for my clients that are older and retired, you know, the game plan is, okay, if we want to retire, you know, this year, this is where we should be allocating kind of our assets. How much money should we have in safe assets? And the focus really is about riding that wave. So we ride that wave and then it comes and crashes down. If that, you know, that happens, then we have safe assets like cash and, you know, maybe short-term bonds that we're kind of, uh, you know, pulling from to get through a recession or a big correction or whatever it might be. So it always comes back kind of the planning of where you're at and what your needs are in order to prepare for that next investment, you know, uh, thing that could potentially happen. Got it. Makes sense. Well, Mike, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? For me, I, I say do more. So if you are currently, you know, putting away for retirement and, or if you're currently, you know, saving for kids college, try to increase it. So what you can do more has, like I said, huge impact down the road. So increase your, you know, 401k by a percentage, you know, each month or each quarter, each year, 
increase what you're saving your kids college, just push yourself to do a little bit more because it's going to have, you know, a big impact down the road for you. So, and, and it will help you kind of save, you know, more, spend a little less and be more focused to kind of hit those money goals that you need to get to. Like that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Mike, th- thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? I appreciate it. Thanks, George. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, you can uh, reach me at uh, solarifinancial.com. That's Solari. It's solar with an I. And I'm on Twitter. So um, that's Solari Financial. So you can hit me up there too. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find him at SolariFinancial.com and find him on Twitter as well. Thank you again, Mike. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!